Good day, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Cliff Notes on the Global Manufacturing Picture. I'm Cliff Waldman. I'm the host of Cliff Notes, one of many shows on Manufacturing Talk Radio. This is my second show on MTR, my other one being Manufacturing Matters with Cliff Waldman, which premiered in January of 2019. I started this show as at the beginning of this calendar year as a means of keeping listeners up to date on the latest manufacturing data, the latest U.S. manufacturing picture, but of course necessarily in a global context. When I conceived of the show at the end of 2019, coming into early 2020, I don't think any of us had the slightest idea what we were in for. Manufacturing, in many ways, was the first sector to feel the impact of the coronavirus pandemic, and because we felt it before it came to the United States. We saw it and felt it when it was in Wuhan, China, and began to have a disruptive impact on major manufacturing supply chains that come out of China into the United States. But none of us knew the historic crash in our economy and the devastation to our population that this terrible disease would bring about. In the early parts of this year, February, March, April, things were in many ways clear. We had to stay inside. It was a dangerous virus, and everybody understood that. The economy was in very serious trouble because we shut it down and made it have serious trouble as a means of preventing the spread of a very risky virus. As of late, the life has got a little more complicated, though. We've gotten through what appears to be the worst part of the coronavirus pandemic, although there are some disconcerting signs in certain regions of the country. Nationally, the picture looks slightly better. Regionally, we have concerns. As for the economy and as for the manufacturing sector, our concern on this show and on this network, it's starting to look like we're seeing some turning points, although we want to be very careful. We are dealing with an economic crisis, the likes of which none of us have ever seen or understood in our lifetime. We had terrible numbers, historically bad numbers on jobs. Um, demand, retail sales in February, March, and April. But the numbers have turned a little bit lately. The jobs numbers for May were a surprise, a pleasant surprise, albeit we have to realize that there was some concern about the way workers were classified. I will do a whole show on that, and it's not worth it now. But while we saw a rise of 2.5 million jobs in the May U.S. payroll numbers, we have to remember that in March and April, we had a decline of more than 22 million jobs, to put it into context. Nonetheless, a nice term. The data as of late, two reports of which came out this morning, are showing that that turn is legitimate is continuing, but for manufacturing, for, certainly for the economy, and even more certainly for the, uh, for the manufacturing sector, that turn is laced with uncertainty. So a little bit of brightness, 
but we have to look very carefully at what we're doing and what the future holds. I'm going to do the same thing that I did in last month's episode of Cliff Notes. I'm going to look at three reports. Retail sales. They just came out that morning. That's consumer demand for goods, of course. Of course, it ma- and that matters greatly to manufacturing. The May Institute for Supply Management Purchasing Managers Index report, the oldest survey report in the United States, very important to look at. And also came coming out this morning, uh, Tuesday, June 16th, is the Federal Reserve's Industrial Production Report for May. That is one of the oldest economic reports in the United States. Now 101 began in, in 1919, so now 101 years old. We'll put it together. We'll see what it means. We'll see what the issues are going forward. And then I'm going to give you a little bit of an interesting description of what the July episode of Cliff Notes is going to look like. It's going to be a little different from the ones that I've been doing in the past We'll talk about it at the end. So, is the economy at a turning point? Is manufacturing at a turning point? Let's start with retail sales. A great number, a bigger than expected rebound for May. Retail and food services spending was up 17.7% in May of 2020. After a 14.7% decline in April, that's a bounce back and a bigger one than economists um, had expected. Nonetheless, as I said, we have to put every, we have to look carefully and we have to put everything into con- and, uh, into context. A great bounce back in May, but for May it is still 6.1% below May of 2019. Levels, excluding motor vehicle and parts and gas stations, anything to do with motor vehicle transportation, retail spending was still up, a healthy 12.4% in May. So it was a solid demand rebound for May. While there was remarkable strength across the board in all categories of retail spending, The key thing to note was a 188% increase in spending at clothing and clothing accessory stores. Again, a 188% increase in spending at clothing and clothing accessory stores. You can only explain that by pent-up demand and the change in season put together. You let consumers out the door and... They went shopping for clothes. Also, there was a nearly 90% increase in spending at furniture stores, a good sign for the housing market, which I hope is going to be one of the markets that pulls eventually pulls the economy out of the coronavirus crisis and to a better day. Spending and on motor vehicle and parts saw a 44% increase in May after a 12% decline in April. Okay, so that's good news from the American consumer. No surprise. The American consumer has been the savior of a lot of crises. 
even during the trade fights, which many of you, which were just last year, and many of us may have understandably forgotten, when the economy was being knocked about a bit by the difficult trade battle that the United States was having with China and hitting equipment investment, equipment demand, the consumer was staying in there. So it's no surprise that the that we're seeing the consumer starting to stabilize the economy first. The manufacturing numbers for May weren't as good as the consumer numbers. They indeed showed stabilization. They, they were a relief. They showed that things are stabilizing in the manufacturing sector, but they didn't yet really show strength. Let's start with the May Institute for Supply Management report. After dropping sharply to 41.5% in April, the Purchasing Managers Index showed a slight improvement to 43.1%. Let's review, though. Let's remember that anything below 50% on the Purchasing Managers Index is shows a contraction, suggests an imminent short-term future contraction in the manufacturing sector. So it didn't hit that important 50%, but it did show stump stabilization, at least giving a sense of a near-term bottom in manufacturing activity. The new orders and production sub um, subcomponents of the Purchasing Managers Index, after falling to historic lows in April, below 30%, both rose somewhat, fairly significantly, to above 30% in May. Respondent comments to the survey were very telling. And I think, well, with all the excellent data that we get from the Institute for Supply Management Purchasing Managers Index survey, it is often very useful to look at the comments that respondents are giving, particularly at a time like this. Some, one respondent said that we see an issue with suppliers that are affecting production. And they said that social distancing in manufacturing plants, as well as weak customer demand, are impacting the rate of production. Social distancing, that respondent said, is mattering to performance in production. And that's going to be a theme for manufacturing, I would say, for at least a year, if not two years down the line. Another respondent said fuel sales demand are beginning to rebound in May as stay-at-home orders are lifted across the country. Remember, energy has grown in, in recent years as a share of total U.S. domestic manufacturing output. So fuel sales demand rebound is a good thing for the manufacturing sector. Another respondent said that business activity remains strong for consumable applications, consumer demand goods, but very weak in durable segments. I have a feeling that mix is going to be with us for a while, and in a second, I'll show you the real data on that. 
Another respondent said they were getting out from under several suppliers being closed down worldwide. A good sign that maybe things are loosening up for supply chains that have really been thwarted by the coronavirus crisis. So some interesting comments, some very telling comments about perhaps some sunshine with caveats on manufacturing supply chains. Now, let's go to the May 2020 Industrial Production Report. I have spent a part of my career telling manufacturing executives that this is a monthly gem that they ought to pay attention to. It is a million dollars worth of consulting every month because they get very detailed report on not just on what happened to manufacturing production in the prior month, but down to very, very detailed industry levels. And especially these days, it's a critical report for us to follow. I would say that the stable but muted May ISM report foreshadowed a stable but muted May industrial production report, with one exception. It was the IP report, the industrial production report, was actually better because while the ISM report was still below 50, suggesting contraction, we had a positive number in May in the real measure of output activity from the industrial production report. After a thank goodness to be how nice it feels to be able to say this, after a 5.3% decline in U.S. manufacturing output growth in March and a 15.5% decline, an historic 15.5% decline in April, U.S. manufacturing production enjoyed a modest 3.8% bounce in May. The Fed noted that the Federal Reserve noted that many factories resumed at least partial operations. Some of this is just the fact that many factories, and particularly the auto sector, closed. They simply closed to because of fears of the spreading very risky coronavirus. Uh, well, the first this was the first welcome manufacturing sign, U.S. manufacturing sign. Since the crisis really began in earnest in February, it's important, again, perspective, it's important to note that May output is still 16.5% below May of 2019 output, May year-ago levels. So it's a bit of a turn. It's great to see a positive number, but we've got a long way to go before we get to any kind of stable ground in the manufacturing sector. The key draw, and if these numbers don't tell the story, nothing will, because the key driver of the rebound literally was a 121% bounce in motor vehicle and parts output. A 121% bounce in May in motor vehicle and parts output. But that was after a 76% decline in April and a 30% decline in March. Whoever thought we would be looking at numbers like this? So 
in spite of the 121% bounce in May, motor vehicle output is still 63% below year-ago levels. If that doesn't show you the truly odd nature of what we have been dealing with lately, nothing will. There were other areas of modest strength, nothing in the May report, nothing like what happened in the motor vehicles and motor vehicle and parts industries. Single-digit strength, good single-digit strength came in furniture, aerospace, and apparel and leather. It's important to note the one other thing I would point out is that machinery, the machine, the important machinery category, often a leader of growth in the manufacturing sector in good times, didn't have a didn't bounce at all. It suffered a 1.2 percent decline in May after a 19.4 percent decline in April and a 2.8 percent decline in March. That is probably reflective of the fact that while the consumer may start coming back, it is likely that business investment, because of the great uncertainty out there, because of the, of the potential for a lot of business failures um, out there, depending on how long all this goes on, business investment is going to be even more of a weak spot coming out of the coronavirus crisis than it was going in. So we're probably going to see a sharpening of the dichotomy between strong consumer, weak business investment. And that is why, even in spite of a, of a bounce back, a modest bounce back, except for the remarkable auto numbers in May, machinery output, an important part of total U.S. manufacturing output, in, even in this better month of May, still fell. So what are the conclusions from all this? Well, I would say this. While the May data, like all these May data, retail sales, ISM, manufacturing, likely signal, signal a turning point for U.S. manufacturing output growth, the recovery is going to be bumpy, and it's going to depend – it's either going to be hobbled by a number of issues or depend on a number of issues, depending on how you want to look at it. Number one, we've had a lot of supply chain distortions from the coronavirus crisis, starting even before it fully hit the United States and the United States economy. It, how, how well manufacturing recovers is going to depend on how well supply chains can reorient themselves, restart themselves from the damage that was done by the coronavirus crisis. Second of all, Manufacturing needs a global recovery. We, uh, it, it's a basic fact that I, but it's such a fundamentally important basic fact that I keep repeating on every show. Man, U.S. the manufacturing sector in the United States is by and far the most globalized sector. It depends the most on global demand, and of course, the COVID crisis was a truly global pandemic that hit the global economy like none of us have ever seen. Manufacturing not only needs the United States economy to come back, it needs the global economy to come back. And there are many, many questions about what is going to happen with a global economic recovery. 
third for manufacturing, as I just said, is business investment weakness that has been hanging around. Actually, business investment weakness has a long history, 10 years now. But it was particularly noted as we were going through the trade fight of 2019, and we saw more and more that the economy was almost entirely dependent on the consumer as business equipment investment was weakening. weakening. That's going to get worse now. Uncertainty for years to come. Business failures, all that is going to hobble business investment, and that's going to hurt U.S. manufacturing because we produce business equipment as one of our comparative advantages in the domestic United States manufacturing sector. Then, of course, there's two other things that you have to say every time. One is the course of the virus. We think the virus situation is getting better, but there are worrisome spots. As a whole, nationally, it is. It seems to be getting better internationally, globally, but there are worry spots. In the United States, there are a number of states where it is starting to go. The Northeast, beautiful numbers, sliding down a hill. Other parts of the country, Arizona, Texas, Florida, other states, not so much. There are worrisome spots. Internationally, looking better, but you're starting to see things like uh, minor outbreaks in China that we don't quite know how to interpret. So the virus situation is better, but it remains a significant uncertainty and is going to significantly impact the course of U.S. manufacturing recovery. And finally, stimulus. Are we going to get more? Is the stimulus working? Do we, if we need more, will we get more? Those are all questions. Partially depend upon economics, partially depend upon uh, politics. Can't discount the fact that for, uh, for the purposes of further stimulus, this is an election year, and we have to be um, aware of that. That's my episode for this time. That's my analysis currently of where we are with a U.S. manufacturing um, recovery. I want to say that my um, episode for next month, for July, it's going to be have an added feature. It's going to be a little later on in the month than usually the mid-month. And I'm doing it later on in the month in July so we can get, so I can incorporate in all my discussions these usual data points, plus, in addition to a guest appearance, by the first reading of the second quarter Gross Domestic Product Report, the second quarter report on U- total U.S. economic growth, it is very possibly going to be true history. It could be the worst quarterly decline that in the history of these numbers. And I want to be on hand to explain it to our listeners, what it means for manufacturing, and what it means for the dynamic going forward. What does it look like? How big a hole are we in? And how are we going to get out of this hole? I'm looking forward to that. Until then, this is Cliff Waldman saying, I'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.